Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time in Mon Iruk the Yen of Chacht Erechor. Agasuligum a Makan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfin. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nachvetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestin Echo. Vientolum again omgrev or corn rachtum. Yatakshatorin Graven or Corson, Elistuhalagus Gimina Fracht, Gorokligs or Dukashin Echor. Only Venown, Thordorakshin. Shachten. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Board Gosh Energy. Putting customers at the core of under 20 and senior hurling championship action. Hashtag hurling to the core. Hello and welcome to the Troyan Independent.ie's GA podcast in association with Borgosh Energy. I'm Michael Verney. Will Slattery, my usual co-presenter, is missing in action today. I think he was foreseeing celebrations of five in a row, but I'm sure he'll be back next week. I'm joined in studio by the Heralds, Frank Roach and Conor McKeown and Herald columnist Kieran Whelan on the line. I suppose, Conor, everything we hoped and dreamed of in an All-Ireland final, it happened yesterday. An amazing occasion, a gripping event that went right down to the wire. Oh, it was, yeah. And I'm, like, I'm sort of glad it was in some ways as well there would have been nothing I think it'd been like you know, for all the history that was riding on it yesterday I think it probably would have been a bit of an anticlimax had sort of the, 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 an outcome, the outcome that a lot of people felt inevitable had it kind of panned out like that so um, we had a great game and I was watching it again this morning Kerry were in possession of the ball a point up in the 73rd minute of the game and I, I actually at that stage like you, you wouldn't put most things past this Dublin team to they figured themselves out of some pretty tricky situations over the years but there and then I thought that was it. Like their goose was cooked. It was Kerry's time. They were, you know, this Kerry team is coming, and, and they they came maybe a, a year sooner than most people had expected. But um, there was a couple of big turnovers that maybe didn't get a whole pile of airtime in the in a lot of the post match analysis. But that Kevin McManaman turnover on David Moore at that moment of time was a huge, huge moment in that match. Um, and there was a couple more as well. Uh, Dermot Connolly turned over Jonathan Lyon on the sideline. He managed now, to keep the ball in play. Yeah, as well, but yeah. It, was a, it was very questionable. It, like it could have been a free, but I think at that stage, David Goff, having started the game with a pretty low threshold for what he gave a free to, wasn't going to give anyone the winning free unless they absolutely earned it. So like Paddy Small nearly had his head taken off for that free at the end when Dean Rock had it. So ah, look, it was it was a great final. Uh, it was a great final, and I don't think. Like 2016, the Dublin Mayo final that went to a replay, there was an awful sense of anticlimax after that because it was a poor game and we didn't really get anything. We didn't get the Mayo win that everybody wanted or we didn't get the back-to-back All-Irelands that would have made history uh, the first day. But I don't think there was, despite the fact that everyone's exhausted this morning, I don't think think it was an anticlimax of an All-Ireland final. Yeah, I think it was probably... I'd say the second best All-Ireland final we've seen in the last decade. I'd probably marginally have the Dublin Mayo of 2017 just ahead of it in quality and that, but it was it was every bit as dramatic, captivating and, you know, what we witnessed in the end game as well. Like um, um, Connor makes reference to the turnovers. I counted five Dublin turnovers in the last injury time and maybe from 68th minute or whatever. Um, and they got the equaliser off it, mm. but they got several more chances from those turnovers to win it. And, you know, um, 
it was a brilliant score by Dean Rock. Owen Merchant did really well in it. But he, you make reference to Kevin McManaman. Kevin McManaman forced two of those turnovers. So the Dublin bench did make an impact in the home straight. Just not, not on the scoreboard. As not on the scoreboard yeah. because they all had, you know, the shots. Obviously, uh, Cormac Costello had a shot, a shot the Hawkeye ruled out. Paddy Small had two chances, didn't score. Connolly had the one from 50 yards. So, you know... It didn't trans translate into scores, but they still had a big impact in those last few minutes. Kieran, what were your own initial kind of thoughts at the final whistle? Was it relief? Uh, like, are you happy to get another crack at it, or could Dublin have kind of nearly stolen it? I suppose at the end, they could have stolen it, and I think you could argue, you know, it, it really would have been stealing one uh, based on the Kelly performance. It, it kind of, there was at times I had an air of two thousand and eleven. Uh, you know, you felt that you know this Kerry team was going to make that breakthrough and there was definitely a sense of that particularly in the second half and maybe the goal came a little bit early you know and uh, a couple of points that followed you know when, when, when they did get ahead would, there was obviously a little bit of time left in the game where in 2011 Dublin kind of broke the gap you know what I mean they, they, they got when, once they got ahead they stayed ahead uh, but maybe you know those last few minutes were crucial that little bit of experience maybe that Dublin had you know they deserve great credit for, 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 for digging it out in those last few minutes and creating the turnovers as the lads have said um, and you know that was the key difference to get them to get them back to a replay but you know I think when, when, when Kerry sit down this morning they'll, you know, I think the management will reflect and they'll feel it might have been a missed opportunity considering the goal chances that they created and the goals they could have taken but on the flip side I think when they go into the dressing room they'll, they'll talk to the players and that this team is not an invincible team and, and they probably spent the last two, three weeks trying to instill belief into them, but that belief will be real now and, and you know, Kerry will come back on Saturday week knowing that the forward line can create a lot of difficulties for the Dublin back line and, and, and maybe it explodes a little bit of weakness that, you know, there isn't that depth there in the Dublin back line. Um, you know, it, it, it is an Asian team and particularly for defenders and that, they lose that yard of pace. You know, that they didn't really have people when John Small was on a yellow card and Johnny was in trouble on a yellow card. You know, maybe three, four years ago, Jim would have made quick changes and would have brought guys in and, and would have had that depth. And, um, you know, he was kind of maybe slow to make changes yesterday and maybe it's an indication that that depth is, is not there like it was a few years ago. Yeah, it's actually very interesting. Like, it was only briefly, but Dublin went five points up with whatever after 55 minutes. And around that time when there were, you know, there were two, three, four points up in the in the third quarter, if they had 15 men, you would have said, this is a ringer for bringing on Keane O'Sullivan to act as, the, to, to you know, to reprise his old sweeper role, tighten it up. And obviously Jim didn't trust, it seemed like he didn't trust bringing on Keane in a, in a straight matchup scenario. There was some suggestion that Keane's hamstring. There was some yeah. talk of that, but I mean, yeah, he was, there was talk of that, but... The, he was still listed on the bench, like if he if he wasn't right, mm. he shouldn't have been on the twenty six. Uh, but do you know it would have been the the ideal scenario if they had fifteen men to have Keno Sullivan on there, you'd imagine. But it's just one of, one of the other interesting facts, uh, Frank, on that particularly in that quarter, like you know, Dublin deserve good credit for our speech. They were in, they were controlling the game, and and the goal was such a momentum shift for Kerry, and I think they got a lot of energy from it. Mm. But, you know, Dublin were doing quite well in that period and there were still five points up despite the 14 men, men down to 14 men. And I thought at that point, you know, that Kerry would have identified in the first half that Jack McCaffrey was a problem, you know, and they had that extra man. I think they could have pushed Paul Murphy onto him. Gavin White was kind of dropping off him. And, you know, I thought Kerry maybe lacked a bit of innovation in that. Now, obviously, they were coming out in the third quarter and thinking, well, Dublin are going to up a they've done in previous games and they might have been conscious of that. But I thought 
that they could have utilised an extra man and, and really went for Dublin in, in that in that third quarter because it would have put doubts in Dublin's mind. But they left. And Caffrey was so important in that period, and he was left. It was like as if he was a free man running around Crow Park. You know, he, 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 he seems to switch he, a lot he, with he Brian Howard. He's sorry, Quilo. He seems to he seems to switch a lot with Brian Howard. They kind of um, like Howard kind of seems to go back into the wing back spot and pick up some of the marking duties, and it's just like Jack kind of almost stayed in the half forward line for little yeah. little, little yeah. periods of the game. Like it was obviously well, he's it was, the habit of doing that. He sits yeah. in even for the kickouts into that little mm. pocket, you know, in front of the goal. You know, he's he's, he's nearly given a free roll and the lads protect him. You know, but he wasn't spoken about in the build up to the match and. Just like you saw the job Paddy Durkin had curtailed him. Mm. He was always going to be very, very dangerous. And he, we, we, Dublin were lucky that Kelly left him for yesterday because he racked up one three when others went firing up front, you know. Yeah, like we're, we're used to seeing Jack, you know, creating goal chances for others or even himself. But we've never seen him score three points from play, I don't think, yeah, in a in a Dublin jersey. He's four shots. Four, four shots, four. yeah. And I mean, he, was, he, he set up another point in the first half I think for Dean Rock as well like he's always he, he, no, there's no player like him to create mayhem to punch holes in a, in a rival defence but like to score one off his left one off his right fist the other like it was the one the off complete, his left was right along the 45 yard line as well uh, he was moving at huge speed yeah, and it was it over was, the black spot even really I said to you Connor, his hand pass was literally like half a yard out from the end line as well yeah, like everything was so precise Like if you look at the goal again like what a move it was but even the last hand pass I think it was from Scully the one that, that into the path of of McCaffrey like McCaffrey you can nearly see the goal opening up from the time Brian Howard catches the ball now it's a brilliant fetch and when you consider that Dublin have lost the previous three kickouts uh, and Howard makes the fetch and you can just see McCaffrey opening up and he goes bombing past Gavin White all of a sudden Dublin have an overlap but McCaffrey kind of bends the arc of his run to go towards goal but the hand pass from Scully it's absolutely perfect it actually it actually makes Jack straighten up and opens the angle of the goal for him. And by the time, like the ball bounces perfectly onto his lap. So it was a brilliant goal. His pace and his finishing, great finish into the hill. But as a move, it's, it was an incredible, incredible yeah. uh, team goal. It was, it was kind of it was a risk reward. And Kerry's, you know, they had won the previous yeah. kickouts. Jack Barry had plucked out, and Jason Foley was leaving Dean Rock and pushing right up, and they were going for four across the middle, and it was brave. And it looked like they were cracking Cluxton, but Cluxton went long and you could see it was I suppose from the command end it was very obvious that if Clucks if Dublin won they had loads of space to attack and it was it was, it was brave from Kerry but it was risky and like we conceded one two off Clucks and Grand kickouts, you know, in that period because they went with a very brave high press. But I think they should have been a little bit maybe they should have had a better plan that if Dublin won the kickouts they needed to get bodies back there quickly or it's probably something they have to look at the next day that that wall of four across the middle definitely worked for them but they do have to have a contingency because if Dublin win that ball they're going to hurt you and I think Jack showed that he saw, he knew that that space was there when he went to off on a 70 yard run It would probably be wrong to go any further without talking about the sending off uh, Kieran. you've had a couple of chances to watch it back since um, I, presu- <laughs> I presume your Twitter was exploding yesterday during the match and all evening do you still stand by even saying it was a free out that Cooper got a second yellow card for? Well, hold on. I, I never said it was a free out. Sorry, sorry. The man, be- the man beside you did. In fairness, <laughs> apologies. The man beside you did. I know. I think, listen, uh, looking back on it, this morning, I suppose, our, our vantage point, it was right on half time as well. Uh, and, you know, when Clifford went out for the ball, you know, it looked like he, he used his body, as any good forward does, to, to push uh, Cooper out. And I thought Cooper had made a genuine effort to get a hand in to try and, and block the ball. Uh, but listen, when you look back on it this morning, you look at the replays as Cooper's going down, he does hold 
uh, Clifford down with him. So, you know, it's hard to argue with, with I suppose, Goff's decision. I thought, listen, from Johnny Cooper's perspective, for his game to finish based on three relatively, I, I think, mild enough fouls, it was harsh. But I thought, listen, Goff was technically right. I think there's also, there's also a lesson in it from a Dublin perspective that, you know, we see Goff has been very harsh on people grappling off the ball and making those calls. And it's probably something Dublin should have been tuned into in terms of the penalty. But other referees would let a lot of that go. And, you know, you look back over the years, Aidan O'Shea or Kieran Donnie, they would have had a multitude of penalties uh, or multiple pen- penalties if uh, if plays were given for grappling off the ball. But that's the way Goff is. He picks things up like that. And like anything, for preparation of the game, you have to be ready for it. And uh, But listen, from Johnny's perspective, I just thought it was, you know, he three relatively... You know, miles in themselves, and it ended his game. But as I said, looking back on it this morning, he played did pull him when he was going down to the ground. So I don't think he can argue with it. Kieran, do you think, uh, like, the, the, the first carry point was only in the second minute? It stemmed from actually Johnny coming out of the fence, and he had a really un Johnny like high solo was turned over in the tackle, I think, by Adrian Spillane, and Sean O'Shea ended up getting a point. It almost seemed from that moment on, Johnny was a little bit rattled. He was rushing into things. I mean, was he spooked by the the difficult job he was given of marking Clifford or you know it was very un- I, think, I think listen it was a tough job it was yeah. a tough job and like one of the things they said in the build up to this final was that the movement of the carry forward was just unbelievable and these, these are a special talent and Dublin hadn't come up against the likes of Sean O'Shea and David Clifford and this was something new like you go back their own male forward to the club against last year. No disrespect to them, but these guys are a costly operating at a different level in terms of movement and how they've been coached and success they've had at minor level. So uh, it was a difficult job for Johnny. And I think, you know, we are left in there in a one on one situation. Double Mark getting their extra man back. And, and uh, I think he just, that's the way he plays. He does play on the edge and he goes over the top and he picks himself up with an early yellow. And, and as I said earlier, maybe in previous times, Jim would have made that change. and he might have had other options and maybe he'd probably reflect this morning and say, why didn't I put Fitzsimons back on and even make that switch early doors? You know, even leaving John Small and Stephen O'Brien down at the risk of half time because you're thinking, well, look at John Small's record and if he fill in another loose tackle and doesn't put it down to 13, you know? So, uh, it, 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 uh, I think it will be an area that Jim will look at and Dublin are going to have to be very, very disciplined the next day. You know, the way the game has gone, you know, if it's ref to the, to the rules that are there, you know, if you pick up two fouls, the first first person foul, the second person foul is the yellow, and your third, your third person foul is the second yellow. So it is harsh in the context of the rules. Uh, so lads just have to be very careful. And you get on a yellow card, you're in dangerous territory. Uh, the other thing as well, I thought Clifford played Cooper really, really well. Like Johnny is a... Johnny's very much a student of the technique of defending, um, you know, and that's why he went on Clifford because technically he's an exceptional man marker. But if you look at every ball that came that way, Clifford made sure to make the first move. So he got his body in position. His feet were planted. He was in that spot. And Johnny knows instinctively when the, the forward is in the perfect position and Johnny's out of it. And the first thing he does is not panic, but commit what is a very, very straightforward foul. Like he has to do something that's, basically pushing the man or in the case of when Clifford kind of used his arse to try and roll Johnny Cooper he had to kind of pull him down so I think Clifford probably had his homework done on Johnny Cooper in as much as Johnny Cooper had his homework done on Clifford because when you're giving away that size and that height to to a bigger man you have to make the first move you nearly have to be a, the aggressor in those one-on-one battles and, and Clifford made the first move each time which, which is what I think had Johnny on the back foot and even for the penalty call that really stemmed from the fact that Johnny momentarily lost him. 
as the ball is sent in the air, you can see him yeah. turn around. Yeah, where is he? Panic, where is yeah. he? Mm. And it's, it's the, and usually there's usually a man in front of him. There's usually a bit of cover there. It's the first time I've seen a Dublin defender under a mm. ball with 45 yards of space in front of him at no, the edge I'm of the square. I'm a little bit surprised as well. I, I was just looking at the second half again and it struck me watching the game in real time as well that, okay, like Dublin put a lot of pressure on Shane Ryan's kickouts, but when, when, when Kerry worked the ball out of the press, there was... 30 and 40 yards in front of Clifford and Ganey inside and Kerry kept running the ball in like they didn't just put the head down and and, and do what say Tyrone did in the league kick the ball somewhere in the vicinity like it's a two on two you have a fair mm. chance of winning that battle and if you do um, it's all there for you so I thought that actually Kerry when they kind of worked their way out of that Dublin press they kept trying to run the ball and create an overlap rather than actually just putting the boot to the ball because like Clifford like he didn't get on as much possession as he probably should have, given how good he is. And I know Mick Fitzsimons did a good job. And I think I thought going into the game that Mick Fitzsimons was actually a better matchup for, for, for David Clifford, just because even in terms of his physique, he's very kind of similar. Um, and he'll always get a hand in, and he's just he, he's just a very hard man to lose. But I'm just surprised that Kerry didn't actually kick more ball inside the two of those players because um, like the opportunity was there that when they got through the Dublin press, there was just acres of space in front of the front two. There was no Keno Sullivan. There was no particularly in the second half when Dublin were down to 14 men. Like that's there, there was just no, it, like it was kind of not that it was kamikaze stuff, and it was very brave from Dublin to persist with that press when they so when they one less player on the pitch. But I think it was probably a missed opportunity because you know you look at it, this yesterday, Kerry played against. The Dublin team with 14 men and, and and as good as Dublin are I don't think Kerry had a shot on goal for the last 11 minutes of the game so yeah. that's I mean you know that's where the game was there to be won and if you don't engineer a single scoring chance I think it's probably a bit of an indictment It's like Kieran mentioned earlier they, they got in front that little bit too early because they didn't have a shot from the moment Killian Spillane put them yeah. ahead and like that was the first time they'd taken the lead since I think whatever yeah. 18, 19 and even before that was Tommy Walsh's wide in the 58 Clifford dropped short in the 63 did three shots from 58 minutes onwards yeah but maybe that's what you see in a young team that for the first time all afternoon what Kerry were looking at was Sam Maguire rather than the next ball you know that I think that probably did get them to mm. get to them a little bit just um, on a point you made Kieran, Kerry probably just left the door open for Dublin at the end yeah, they, they, they did. I think, and I think Dublin deserves. They do, do deserve a bit of credit for having, I suppose, the Lee Riley to get over the, you know, to get back into it. Uh, because nothing was going nicely, and you know, you know, you look at the seven from fifteen in the second half in terms of their shot efficiency, and when you look at the stats, actually, the stats are very well balanced across both teams. Like it wasn't, you know, it was an enthralling game, but you know, times of quality wasn't there. Kerry, Kerry makes a lot of shots as well, but. Particularly for Dublin in terms of where they took the shots from, uh, you know, there's a lot of basic errors happening. Michael Darmot carried the ball. You know, Howard who had a super game, took a shot on. He probably would have normally had taken on. You know, Marion had, had put a couple of high in the sky and well in the second half. And you got had that sense that it just wasn't happening. It wasn't clicking for them. You know, Khan was trying to be industrious up front. He still caused. He's still dangerous when he got the ball, but it was in the trial and match up with Thomas Sullivan and. Uh, you know, there was that point where you thought it was slipping away from him. But then, I think when there were seven minutes of injury time, uh, you know, that gave, it certainly, it certainly gave me a lift that someone had time to dig it out and that they stay composed and they stay controlled and they got it up to somebody who, who would deliver, uh, that, they would, that, they, that they get a score and they've not done that. So, you know, yeah, they got there. They got there just to live the fight another day, essentially, but they showed, they showed a bit of character in doing that. Yeah, it's actually it's an interesting like we're in an All Ireland final that finished one sixteen apiece, which is relatively high scoring, quite similar to a lot of the Dublin Mayo finals in the last few years. That 
both managers will look at their forward lines and think there's actually more in them. Do you know? Uh, I mean, like the Kerry's four marquee forwards, they all contributed, but Sean O'Shea was just immense yeah, from ten, play ten and from place balls. Ten points, yeah. But I, I would argue that there's more in David Clifford. Like he did lots yeah. of brilliant things, but there's more in his locker. Paul Ganey worked his socks off, didn't score, but in fairness, in fairness, he had a very productive day everywhere, barred the scoreboard. But you know, there's more in him. He'll be disappointed he didn't finish at least one of his two goal chances. Um, Stephen O'Brien, you know, caused trouble for John Small, but you know he's played even better than that this this summer. And by the same token, you look at the Dublin forward line, and Dean Rock was just brilliant as he nearly invariably is in All Ireland finals now. Like I've I've rarely seen a player who is probably talked about less going into All Ireland yeah. finals. Like this week, it was all the last week was all about Paul Mannion and Conor Callan. Rock just does it every final. But, you know, Mannion had a great start and then his kind of radar went askew. Khan, Khan caused a lot of bother, but he only finished with one point from play and he's been scoring more this year. So, you know, definitely there's more in, e in either attack, I would it say. You'd affect the Franklin's and that is, I think, Kerry deserve a lot of credit for in terms of how they went after the midfield back. And, you know, earlier on in the year, you would have thought the Dave Moore was kind of in that area on his own. But I think, you know, Bringing Jack Barry in and and, and holding him in the middle, and it gave them that bit of physicality and aerial prowess across the middle, and it definitely upset them because obviously Fenton didn't have his best game. I did it with McCarthy, and probably Howard was the one, you know, who was maybe competing in that middle to win them and all. So I, I think that gave them a huge platform, uh, and it was the one thing that Kerry brought maybe that Dublin may not have been expecting on. Um, I could was it was I, I can't remember a game where where uh, Brian Fenton was kind of more on the periphery than he was in that. It wasn't was that the he ball was, was away from him. It wasn't that he well, was though, doing yeah. you know doing bad things on the ball. He just wasn't getting on it. Like, would you agree, Kieran? Or like, uh, because you know he's yeah, all. It wasn't that he was beaten. I just thought they were very strategic in terms of how they picked even Shane Ryan, how, how they picked their lads and kickouts and stuff like that. And then, listen, he played, played in that sector and, and, and the more bodies he put in there, the, the, the more difficult it becomes, you know. And Kerry just gave themselves options. And, and listen, Fenton has been there. You know, he's been unbelievable and he's probably entitled maybe to have a, have a quiet game. But you probably, with Fenton having a quiet game, you and McCarthy having a play game, I suppose, and McCauley maybe not performing to the level that he did against Mayo. There was three lads in that middle sector that just didn't have gone on. And I just think it's Kerry brought something different. Uh, they brought that physicality and they brought that, that hard press and the kickouts. And they've done what Dublin do to others. You know, it was a Dublin tactic nearly. It was the, it was the way Dublin go after other opposition kickouts. And they managed to turn over three of Dublin's kickouts in the second half, particularly in that period where they, where they picked off the scores and they went. You know, they, they, they got the goal and they were trying to go kind of head, you know. So uh, it's going to be an interesting battle game the next day, you know. And I think the positive from it is that you're both, the positive from a game's perspective is the teams are being brave and they're going for this kind of high press and they're looking to get after teams higher up the pitch, you know. It's brilliant to see it's long gone the days of double sweepers and dropping back and inviting teams onto you. So it makes it fascinating for the replay in, in that sector, in my opinion. What's, uh, what's the narrative in your head, Kieran, going into the replay? Is it that this is a missed opportunity for Kerry and that Dublin can't uh, play as badly again? Or what's your own opinion kind of going into the next day? Well, I, listen, I, I think Dublin will improve. I've no doubt that. Uh, 
you, you, body language from Jim yesterday, you know, they done no media afterwards, you know, well, national media anyway. Uh, and he, they, they just wanted to get out of there, regroup. He won't be happy with the level of performance. And there's probably a lot of guys that have scope for improvement. But I would agree with Frank, but so did Kerry. And that's the Kerry are going to take a hell of a lot from the game. Uh, in terms of how they rattle the dubs, you know, in terms of how they use their bench, uh, could they start Tommy Welch the next day? He did make an impact, as did Killian Spillan. Um, you know, the forwards, Cam Pills, Clifford, Deeney, Frank has already alluded to it. Their defence is going to have to be heroic again. They're going to, you know, Morley's going to have to put in another big performance. Thomas Holden again, they'll probably want to Jack McCaffrey. So it's, it, 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 replays can take on a different dynamic and, and, and sometimes the, the guys that haven't performed in the finals will come to the floor because they've nearly be forgotten about them. It's, it's amazing how, like all this, it happens regularly in all our clients. Everyone talks about all the matchups and the three players, and there's always somebody else, like, like Dean Rock, you know, that goes left the centre and so on. So I think Kerry will get better as a result of them believing themselves. They are. Listen, you can't but look back on yesterday and say that this thing is going to be around for a long time, and they have the talent coming through, and it might be the start of something special from their end of things so you know Dublin just have to improve it and try it out and get this side in a while but it's not going to be an easy task in that Thanks a million for joining us Kieran. appreciate that Thanks, thanks, thanks Bye. Just uh, Connor, we talk and talked a lot about Jim Gavin and like maybe tactically how he can improve but for Peter Keane in his first season as Kerry manager and his first All-Ireland final he got so many things right yeah, it's he gone into the game. There was very like we knew what the Dublin team was going to be by last Monday, and um, there was a small bit of doubt over certain elements of the Kerry team. And I think Kerry probably like there was no like other than the position positioning of Jack McCaffrey at times high up the pitch and, and kind of switching with Brian Howard. There was nothing that Dublin were going to do that really surprised us. You know, maybe the matchups at the back, whether it was going to be Cooper or for times to start and Clifford. But I think there was more scope. Uh, for for Peter Keane to to try something different going into that game, so um, they, they they got an awful lot right. Like they'd be disappointed, I think, with the contribution of Gavin White. I thought that, like in a defensive capacity, but also as a ball carrying outlet, much the same as Jack McCaffrey. They didn't really get anything off him whatsoever. And like the one on one battles at the back, I thought they did pretty well. Bruno Bjorglock was you know pretty anonymous like all through the game as was Niall Scully though to be yeah, fair as was Niall Scully yeah like like certain players like that and so was Brian Fenton like there's certain players like that where the, the game can kind of take place away from where they are but like there's, like there's more to come from that Kerry attack I thought maybe he brought, could have brought Tommy Walsh on at half time if he was being really aggressive about it like Johnny Cooper had just been sent off Kerry got it back down to was it three at half time or maybe four but the momentum had shifted with the Cooper sending off and you knew Tommy Walsh was going to come and you knew he was going to make an impact and I don't know why they didn't just go straight in because like that required James McCarthy to to drop. We all presume Philly McMahon was going to come off the bench, but like that required James McCarthy to drop back down uh, or drop back onto Tommy Walsh. And then a, a, like at times, then Fitzsimons was was going back onto Tommy Walsh. So like it, it did kind of it did upset Dublin's flow. And because Dublin only had fourteen players, they were and they obviously didn't have much faith in their defensive options off the bench. Um, they were going to be stretched in what they were going to be able to do. So I thought maybe Peter Keane could have asked one or two more questions of, of Dublin early in the second half rather than kind of waiting to see how it went. Because like Dublin were still... Like when the goal went in, Dublin were five points up. So they played 20 minutes with 14 men and managed to keep a five-point lead over Kerry. So, I mean, that's kind of maybe illustrative that maybe Kerry didn't pounce quickly enough early in the second half. Yeah, and in fairness, Keane has like Jim Gavin has 
several big issues to, to ponder between now and the replay, but uh, the, probably the biggest one for Peter Keane is what he does with Jack McCaffrey because in fairness, in advance of the match, people would have probably thought Gavin White is probably the best option because he's lightning fast. And he maybe, but he didn't pick him up probably. That's enough, what I'm saying. He's he, maybe yeah. not the best tackler. He's not an out and out defender like when we when he got an All Star nomination last year. It was as much for mm. you know the kind of injection of pace he offered as a counter attacking option. And people are saying, well, you know, maybe he's just the right guy for Jack. Maybe put him on the back foot a few times like Paddy Durkin had in the semi final. But he just seemed physically, he, 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 a he wasn't tuned in in a marking perspective. He was losing Jack too easily. But even physically, I think he wasn't. Maybe it's he's not quite ready. For, the, for for this level of uh, competition because in fairness Jack McCaffrey apart from being the fastest man on the planet he's very strong do you know what I mean like yeah. he is like he takes a, a fair bit of stopping like would uh, you expect uh, Connor? would you expect maybe Stephen O'Brien to pick him up the next not pick him up actually just pick up the half hour position and maybe try and put him on the back foot maybe a bit more yeah you can try and do that but like uh, I think you could try and do that with a Ryan McHugh or a Paddy Dorkin somebody who is a defender to begin with but like if you do that with Stephen O'Brien you're, you're essentially sacrificing you know like you're essentially sacrificing your, your outlet because like for Stephen O'Brien is at his best is if he gets in a couple of yards of space then receives the pass and runs a goal but if you haven't marked him Jack McCaffrey for the whole game well all of a sudden his entire movement has been dictated by where Jack McCaffrey goes yeah maybe not necessarily marking him well, this maybe is the just playing an orthodox kind I, of half forward line and try I, and put him on the back but foot see, I think that's what they tried to do with Gavin White okay, yesterday yeah. and, I, and like shy of actually following Jack McCaffrey around as his shadow and man marketing him I think that's as good a job as you're going to be able to do yeah. if, like if you're going to have to sacrifice yourself completely now maybe they'll come to the conclusion today when they look at the video analysis that actually that's the thing to do you're going to have to shadow Jack McCaffrey everywhere he goes on the pitch but it's a fair sacrifice to make and you need to have the right player to do it too. I, I think Paul Murphy might be you know just mm. with having watched what unfolded yesterday and even you know that I think Kerry can get more out of Paul Murphy did Decent enough All Ireland final, but he might be the guy to go at Jack because he is pretty quick. Mm. He can actually he's played in the half forward line, uh, not as often as in defence, but he's very comfortable there. He can take a point, you know. Maybe maybe and he has the experience as well. So maybe Murphy might be the guy for Jack. Okay, just Connor. Well, it's one thing like talking about it in the build up from a Kerry point of view, talking about rattling Dublin, talking about we're able for this lad and we're going to get joy here and there. Do you think mentally they'll be in a different position the next day because they've actually gone and done it and have actually proved that they are good enough to beat Dublin now? Possibly, but I still don't think there's any team that has ever represented Kerry at senior level that has ever gone into a match without the full belief that they were going to win it. And I don't think that... like There's no way Kerry could have played. It's not as if yesterday they kind of realised at half-time, hang on, we can put it up to this, these lads. Now, they hadn't played Dublin in the Championship since 2016, and a lot of those Kerry players, Sean O'Shea, David Clifford, Kevin White, they, they've never played Dublin in the Championship. So, like, yeah, on the one hand, if you're, if you're, you know, if, say, you're, you're, you're Tommy Griffin or you're Peter Keane and you're looking at the players now, you can say, look, there you are. That's Dublin, All-Ireland final. That's the big bad Dublin team. You live with them. You had possession of the ball in the 73rd minute and you were a point up. So maybe the, the thing will drive them on, but... Um, they, they, like they wouldn't be human if there wasn't some element of disappointment this week that they didn't finish off the job, um, because like it was a, it was a fantastic opportunity and like Dublin 
you'd imagine they're going to play with 15 men the next day for the, <laughs> yeah. for, the, for the vast majority of the game because it is a failing like that's that would have, that's the third All-Ireland final in a row in which Dublin have, have had a player sent off the previous two were Johnny Small and Johnny Small looked like but for the injury that he that he suffered half trying to make a foul on Shane Ryan very high up the pitch he could have gone as well so um, you know th- like th- there's as as a manager, there's probably more areas for Jim Gavin to improve. You'd imagine, like even in bringing on his substitutions, and he only made four plus the blood sub on Merchant for John Small. Um, like Dermot Connolly was standing there for a long time, and they didn't yeah. know whether they wanted to bring him on or not. So, uh, I think they probably need to, now. They're, they're, they they are down. Like Darren Daly was on the bench yesterday. I don't think there was ever a chance that Darren Daly was going to come on. Really, Pedro Cuffey Bourne has no experience at this level whatsoever, and he was on the bench. So, I think they're probably limited in their limited in their options and what they can actually rotate between now and the replay and whatever like if you go back to the 2016 replay Jim made three changes he he, he took he, Bernard Brogan and Michael Darren McCauley and Davy Bourne out of the team but I don't think he actually has that luxury this time around What do you think Frank? Do you think there'll be a couple of changes? Uh, I'd say there'll be probably at least one maybe two but I don't think he can go much deeper than that like um, like he has big issues the biggest issues for me, coming out of the final was Dublin's defence. I mean, you've got to remember that with 15 men, Kerry created three goal chances in the first 15 minutes. You know, so and there were several times in that first half when it was, you know, it was 15 on 15, where once Kerry got beyond the press or got up to midfield, you're looking in and says, "Hold on, there's acres mm-hmm. of space there if they can get the right ball in." So there are problems in that Dublin defence, and they are, as as Kieran Whelan alluded to earlier, they're getting that bit older. Uh, I mean, James Mack is, he must be 30, I think now, is he, or there, thereabouts. Uh, Mick Fitzsimons is 31, I'd say. You know, Johnny is probably late 20s. Um, it's not that they're old, but they don't have the same pace that they used to have. I remember when, when, a lot of, when these players broke on the scene first, Keane O'Sullivan and James McCarthy were two of the quickest machines anywhere you'd see anywhere. They just glided across the turf. They probably can't do that mm. anymore. It's not that they're slow, but, you know, they don't have that anymore. And there's way more ca- pace in this Kerry team than there was three, four years ago. So um, there, there are definitely issues to be done. Potentially won't change in the forward line. You know, maybe Niall Scully didn't have the best All-Ireland final, but I still think he'll stick with the same six there. He, he may well do something at midfield. You know, uh, Brian Fenton will start again. The only thing is, if if Jim sees an option, he won't be afraid to take. Like he started O'Gara in the twenty seventeen All Ireland final, and like it didn't work out, but it was a ballsy thing to do. They obviously decided that Mayo were going to go man on man, and O'Gara was going to mess up their matchups because they didn't expect him to start. So I mean, it'd be interesting if you know he decides that Dermot Connolly was going to be worth the punt rather than Niall Scully at wing forward. But it's just Dublin are so systematic in how they play the game and even if Niall Scully wasn't that involved, you can be sure he did. He occupied the right positions mm-hmm. and the pitch he was supposed to be on. He made the runs off the ball that he was supposed to make to create space for everybody else. So And he it, set up the goal. And he set up parents. the goal. Like so like that that front six kind of functioned pretty well as a unit. So it's hard to see that. Like Mick McCauley looks like probably the most uh, likely to be sacrificed purely because Jim has done it plenty plenty times before. He's having a very good summer. We didn't have a particularly bad game yesterday, but he didn't have a particularly good game yesterday. And the temptation I would imagine would be to push James McCarthy into midfield. But to do that uh, you're going to need to find a defender from somewhere and if there is a problem with Keno Sullivan's hamstrings I don't think Jim would be of a mind to start Philly McMahon unless he puts McMahon on Ganey 
um, and have Johnny Cooper play out as the kind of sweeper in the holding number six role, which he does really well as well. So there could be a slight alteration, but like, you know, like it was a draw yesterday and Dublin played 35 minutes with, with 14 men. So in as much as Jim kind of expressed that he was disappointed with the performance after the game, I think it would be... It, like it wasn't the sort of underperformance they put in in 2016 when their starting forward line was were held to three points or two points from play or something like that. Like it wasn't a it wasn't a collective malfunction. They just Kerry got at them and, and they lost the player. Yeah, the two weeks Frank affords a couple of players an opportunity that they probably didn't think they were going to get. Do you expect Bernard Brogan, Ono Gara, Rory O'Carroll to feature in the 26 and James O'Donoghue on the other side who has been injury ravaged the last couple of years he's not long back training but it offers him another two weeks maybe to get in there and possibly make an impact how do, of those four players in particular do you see any of them breaking into the match the 26 the next day? I'm actually not too sure if any of them will I mean uh, once Bernard didn't make the, the semi-final squad hmm. you kind of just sensed the writing was on the wall because he was given time in Oma not a huge amount of time but he was he was quite decent in a in a nothing game, and you think like maybe there's a spot for him there. Um, yeah, like Dublin have Dublin's forward options are pretty good. Like Paddy Andrews didn't come off the bench yesterday, so like it's not as if like if Bernard Brown was a defender, or any sort of a defender, he'd be in the squad. But like Dublin <laughs> still managed to bring on Ke- Cormac Costello, Kevin McManaman, Dermot Connolly, albeit. They are different kind of forward options on the bench to to, to Bernard Brogan, but your kind of your strike options, your inside scoring man, like Paddy Small was the first man brought on, so he's obviously much higher up the food chain than Bernard is at the moment. And Paddy Andrews, who would be that sort of inside strike option as well, he wasn't. So uh, I think for Bernard to get on the bench, he'd have to skip over one of those two in the space of a very limited window to show. It- like, like these players won't go flat out training again I'd imagine till at least Thursday but possibly yeah. Saturday so if there is a springer uh, not onto the bench but actually onto the team I think Owen Merchant could possibly start the next mm. day I mean you've got to remember he was he was a regular for most of last summer he might be a man for uh, Stephen O'Brien possibly and he has that pace that he they're has crying the out pace. for he came on he made a difference yesterday the other thing he's seriously good at and doesn't get uh, a whole lot of credit for it is he's an incredible kick out option if you go back to last year's All-Ireland Final I think he won something like 11 kick outs because he's so quick that once the ball goes dead it's very hard to track him so like he can he can get into those like it, it's only a short kick out but like Dublin will always take the short kick out if it's on like if Cluxon mm. is kicking into midfield it's only because everything else has been bottled up and if Merchant starts the two big things that he will bring are, are, first of all, the ability to put his man on the back foot going in, in the opposite direction and his ability to, to collect easy short kickouts, which I think, you know, if Dublin if Dublin get that kick out and they can build from the back, it's very hard to stop them kind of getting a, getting a shot off in, you know, 10 p- passes time or whatever it is. In a sentence, Frank, who has the edge going into the next day? I think Dublin do because, you know, I won't say they got out of jail yesterday, but th- that is as close as they've come to losing. In this, in these five years, um, and on the presumption that you know it's fifteen on fifteen for most of the the replay, they will learn a lot. I mean, Jim has been slow enough to act on the line in the last mm. two matches in terms of making changes, but he's not afraid to ch- change things up. Having studied, he will forensically study this this video, and they they have scope for big improvement, and they have a few options that can make it happen. So, Dublin. Connor? Yeah, I think Dublin, like they're still all Ireland favourites for a reason. They've huge experience. 
I think they need to get this wrapped up, <laughs> this all Ireland, because I think Kerry are coming for them in a very serious way over the next few years. You look how young that Kerry bench is and the sort of options they're going to have. And I think there's going to be a bit of a... Like, I think we'll have a situation in the next few years where Kerry actually have the best squad of players in the country, which I don't think is something that could be said at any stage this, this decade. But for the moment, I think this Dublin team have... There's so many players there that will be looking at their own performances and saying that it wasn't up to scratch and it'll go ball-headed for it and I still think Dublin will win the replay. Just to finish up our, our regular segment of the week, uh, the Borgosh Energy Rising Stars. Now, my Rising Star doesn't exactly come into the age bracket but it's been flexible throughout the year. Uh, Lee Chin, who's a, a noted dual star, was uh, very, very quiet for his own club uh, football championship the weekend in a relegation semi-final and made an outrageous catch amongst about 20 bodies and fired a goal to keep them up and retain their senior status. So he's my, my rising star, even though he's well risen now at this stage. But uh, Frank? I'm going to go with Sean O'Shea. I think he's still young enough to qualify. Um, like Jack McCaffrey was man of the match yesterday. I don't think too many people can argue with that. You'd be fairly upset if you'd backed him for man of the match and you're waiting till next week for if it rolls over for next week. Oh, I didn't even think yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, but like Sean O'Shea was immense yesterday. Um, and people often overlook freeze and that like, you know, but it's a huge part of the game. Like, I mean, Dean, that's why Dean Rock is so invaluable to Dublin. But Sean, Sean O'Shea hit seven from seven, three forty-fives, four frees, and maybe one of them or two of them were, were gimmies. And it was at a time as well when they need, they really needed them just to keep ticking over a lot. Oh, them, exactly. They were keeping them. He was keeping them alive in the first half, and like he hit three points from play as well. Worked his socks off. He was out in his feet at the end. Like you could probably see it in the foul mm. he committed on um, Paddy, Small. Paddy Small. But uh, he had a huge All Ireland. Connor, uh, I'm going to go with Connor Corbett for the Galway or the Cork Miners yesterday. It's a brilliant minor final actually. Uh, it started off very sort of tentatively. Um, you could see the two teams were playing to a very sort of cautious script but it exploded in the last ripped minutes. it up to yeah. the end Corbett I think scored 1-7 from play from centre forward uh, brilliant goal to bring the thing to extra time but uh, it was a, it was a great individual performance and um, in a year where Cork have already won the All-Ireland Under-20 football title this is he's definitely a footballer to watch over the next couple of years The Rebels are coming Lads thanks a million for joining me Cheers Michael Thank you Michael that's all we have time for on this week's episode of the Throw-In Podcast in association with Borgosh Energy. Join us later in the week when we'll be previewing the All-Ireland Camogie Finals. Don't forget to subscribe to the Throw-In on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. Until then, as Delby Trotter would say, bonjour. Borgosh Energy, putting customers at the core of under-20 and senior hurling championship action. Hashtag hurling to the core.